0: I'm not gonna sit here if something happened. Claire has got at least on that. Okay. List still. There's also a seat up here. Joel doesn't bite. <laughs> right. And begin.
1: Did you wanna check attendance
0: or I'll do it while we not very good. Oh, Heavenly King, the Comforter of the Spirit of Truth, our our present and fill us all things, treasure, your blessings, and giver of life, come and abide in us and cleanse us from every impurity and save our souls a good one. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Very good. Uh, well, get comfortable. Uh, how long do I have to talk? Uh, about an hour. Okay, I'll try to stay within that if I can. This is a, a very broad. Uh, topic really as broad as, uh, as the universe, so uh, I'll try to do a, an, an, ad, an adequate job on this, but um, just to give you some caveats, okay, I'm uh, I'm not theologically trained. I'm a lawyer. I have degrees in history and, and in law, and um, there are probably many more people that are more qualified to talk about these topics than I am. Okay, I wear a cassock, I'm a reader in the church, that means that I'm at the very lowest level you can be in the clergy, like if you imagine the, the bishop being uh, the fleet admiral, and uh, Father Daniel is uh, like commander of an aircraft carrier, and uh, Deacon, Raphael, <laughs> Deacon Raphael, well, he has like a guided missile cruiser, all right? <laughs> I'm in one of the little rubber dinghies that uh, <laughs> is outpost around in the ocean, so that's that's my, uh, my uh, who I am, all right? So, um, please... Uh, uh, take what I say for what it's worth. I'm a member of the profession that speaks by the hour and who's uh, advising more than <laughs> what you pay for it. Okay, so um, about myself, I grew up Southern Baptist. I grew up in a small town in western North Carolina, where essentially everybody was a Baptist, and I like to say that in this area that, well, yeah, we're all Baptists. Uh, you know, well, the Methodists or the Baptists are afraid of water, <laughs> and the Presbyterians are the Baptists with college degrees and millions. <laughs> They're Baptists with um, a lot of money, and the Roman Catholics are Baptists upon whom the final implication of Calvinism has finally dawned. So that's 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 um, that's my background, and I, I never knew that there was much else to be other than being a Baptist until I went off to college. Then I went and studied in, in Europe. I was in Germany for a year, and I, I got exposed to other areas of the Christian church that I'd never seen before. Um. And uh, came back, went to law school. And while in law school, I, I took a degree in history, also. I studied at Duke Divinity School, and um, and that was my first little exposure to what what uh, liturgical worship was like. And that there was more besides being a Baptist, being a Christian. And um, and then as years went on, I finally, uh, you know, this is after the internet was invented. Uh, I think by Al Gore, I think they say, <laughs> but um, Al Gore invented the internet, and and uh, and I found America online, and I, I made the acquaintance of. An Episcopal seminarian had a lot of questions. He said, Why don't you try out this book called Becoming Orthodox by Peter Gilquist? And I did. And uh, one of the first Orthodox persons that I met was uh, the author, Frederica Matthews Green, and her husband. It was her husband's church that I visited for the first time, uh, Holy Cross in Linthicum, Maryland. And, um, and I wasn't able to become Orthodox immediately because I wanted to marry my spouse, who's Roman Catholic. And so I became Melkite Greek Catholic for 10 years. Um, which was very similar, like the doctrine, theology, etc. And then when I moved here to Knoxville 15 years ago, I was finally able to become canonically Orthodox. And so um, I, I can kind of address this from a number of different uh, backgrounds, being a long-time Protestant, being a Catholic for a while, and being Orthodox now. Um, but the topic we're <coughs> discussing today is, uh, is partakers of the divine nature, um, theosis, saints, skepticism, and miracles. And... One thing I wanted to point out, and I, I think this should be obvious right now, or by now, um, being uh, becoming Orthodox and leading the Orthodox life are, are two very different things. Um, before I became Orthodox, I'd never even heard of the term theosis or divinization um, because it's not something that was common to the Protestant experience. The goal there was to be saved, and once you were saved, okay, you were always saved. So what did you do then? Well, you helped other people get saved. But there wasn't the process that was, uh, at least aware to me, of, of growing as a Christian, becoming more uh, more Christ-like. Um, and and when I, was, uh, when I joined the Melkite church, it was very traditional, uh, to the point that I'd be baptized. And uh, so I was baptized, and, and I remember my spiritual father at the time, Father Joseph, uh, an Archimandrite, he told me at that time, okay, now your troubles are just beginning. <laughs> okay. Because, as he said, this process that was begun today, where you put on Christ in baptism, now the real work begins. Now comes the work <coughs> of theosis. And he said, this will continue all through your life. He said, it will continue after this life. It, you'll, you'll continue to become more at um, more union with, with God as your life goes on. So, how does this happen? And I've got to say, I don't know. I don't know. There's some things that we, that we take... As, as happening, we take it as a given, and again i like I say that i'm not uh, a theologian, but I do like what Frederica has to say about a number of themes here that that theosis is a combination of the two terms there's there's Theos God and Moses, which is a process, and she used the term of osmosis like the way that a red dye can soak into a fabric and so it becomes um, red and in the same way that that God can soak into us now now don't take that that parallel too far because. There there is more to it than that. But um, it's important to remember that this was God's plan from the very beginning. Okay? When he put Adam and Eve in Adam and Eve in the garden, his plan all the time was was for them to experience this process of becoming a union with Him. And and when we put on Christ in baptism, okay, we're we're back at that place. We're back at this place where we can start becoming what God wants us to uh, to be the example that uh, and uh, the uh, very good observation by Saint Athanasius, which I think is kind of the caption of this. He was made man. Speaking of Christ, Christ was made man so that we might be made God. And um, the example that Frederica gives that I really like is is uh, is in the Transfiguration, where uh, Jesus took. Peter, James, and John up to the top of Mount Tabor and he was transfigured, okay? Um, Who here knows the troparion of the Transfiguration? Okay, you were transfigured on the Mount, O Christ our God, and show your disciples as much of your glory as they could bear, or as much as they could hold. Let your eternal light shine also upon us sinners through the prayers of the Mother of God, O giver of life. Glory to thee, okay? And what was happening here is he was changing the disciples. He was allowing the disciples. To see his glory, to see who he was. Okay, and um, likewise, uh, on the road to Emmaus, he revealed um, his glory to the travels with him in, in the breaking of the bread. Okay, it was then that they recognized who who Jesus was. A change not in Jesus at that time, but in the change in them. Okay, so and it's in it's in Saint Peter of uh, one sixteen that we see the the well one one four that we see the term partakers of the divine nature and because of this there are a lot of things that you know I, I always uh, had, had heard that when you become Orthodox you underline passages in your Bible that you hadn't underlined before you read this parts so that you hadn't experienced before because some things um, it, when back when we were Protestants we took in more of a figurative sense but now we take them in a literal sense. We know that yeah the, the same God that said uh, let there be light, um, we can take him in his word when he says um, take and eat this is my body okay it's real and this process that we're in is a real thing it's a real transformation um, it's a um, I love this point that Frederica makes how can poor human clay take on the overwhelming presence of God okay because it's we are but we're we, we were made as clay but we're 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 we are we are we are Invited to become like God, and that's what God wants of us. And so Saint Cyril of Alexandria provides this great example that, that I love. I like this better than the fabric and the and the uh, red dye of of the iron that is put in the fire. Okay, and um, and I, I actually tried this one time in my backyard. <laughs> I wanted to see just how hot a fire I could make,
0: uh, kind of uh, you know annoy the neighbors a little bit. But, but
1: but I but I got a railroad spike red hot, glowing red hot. And I think the neighbors were up with their binoculars watching what crazy old <laughs> man Dale was doing. But here, here I am. And but but that spike was red hot. It was still iron, but it had taken on the nature of fire. You could call it fire because it, it had the properties of fire in it. But it but it remained uh, it remained iron. Okay. Now a scientist or a metallurgist would tell you that that there's even more to it than that. That that. That actually, since I had a charcoal fire, there's more carbon that's going into the steel. Okay, it's actually changing in nature, but we still have an iron spike that becomes like like fire. And God is inviting us to do the same thing. Uh, St. John of Damascus says, Saints are truly called gods, not by nature, but by participation. So we remain by nature humans, but we participate in the energy and the power of God. Okay? We can't know the the substance of God. We can know the energies. Okay, it's the energies that we see. We can know each other by our energies, and that's what we you, that's how we participate in God. Reader
0: Gregory, yes. Right, just for the sake of clarification, because that word energy uh, is a hard word. When you when I if I was to say something about energy and God, what do you think of? It's
1: think something New age. New Agey, age. mm-hmm. age, right? Yeah.
0: God's energies, voice. crystals and such, right? No, that the the Greek energia means like the works of God. Uh, so like His justice, His wisdom, His love. Uh, you know me not because you can read my mind or know my inner soul, right? You know me because of the way I talk, the way I walk, the way I move, right? You know me by my energia, my works, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the same how you know God. You know God through his works, how he is actually doing things. So we know him and the way Jesus the works of Jesus, who he is, right? So in the same way there's the parallel, the fathers will make this too. Like even my wife doesn't know me. I'm kind of a mystery to myself, but that, that's not God. God knows himself fully. But like my wife doesn't fully know me. there's still a mystery to me, even though she's the closest person to me, right? So If you think that analogously with God, we can know God and we believe and have trust and faith of who he is, but we are never going to know him in the way uh, that we are a deity or divinity, right? So the fathers, in talking this language, it's it's wrapped up in trying to (coughs) preserve that God is God and we're not God. Right, we're going to become like him. We take on his energies, as in we become more just. We become more loving. We become more forget like the the works of God, so that we can do the works of God. Right, and uh, therefore, as you theosis, right, we become like God because that's what He created us to be like.
1: Sorry. Very good. Th- no, that, that's a, that's a very good clarification because when I, when I think of just the word energies I think of like joules and Newtons and force mass times acceleration yep. etc so, and that and that's not what we're what we're talking about right. here um, this this um, this this nature I should use the term nature, this this um, this 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 paradigm of of the stuff taking on the property something else we see this um, and and the scripture is really soaked with it we, we see it all over the place like a uh, good example is the burning bush. Okay, it's it's burning, but it's not being consumed. Okay, I never thought about that. I, I, I thought, wow, this is really just a good trick to get <laughs> to get Moses' attention, and it sure did. <laughs> um, <laughs> a, 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 about about like telling him, okay, throw a staff down, and turns into a snake, and then he says, um, okay, pick it pick it up, and he's what? <laughs> but but you know, but but the burning bush. Okay, the burning bush, is burning but not consumed. Okay. Is, is is taking on the, the the nature of fire, okay? But but it, but it's not destroying it. it or or the Theotokos, mm-hmm. um, we 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 <laughs> seen, um, especially during the during the uh, divine liturgy, of Saint John, Saint Saint Basil the Great. Um, he made your he made your body into a throne, and your womb he made more spacious than the heavens, because in her womb she's able to contain the Creator of all things, the Person who spoke and the whole universe leapt into existence she contains um god within her okay and um so we we see this throughout throughout scripture and and it and it takes on new meaning when we view it from the standpoint of theosis and becoming um becoming like god Um, now this is not really this is not just solely about morality frederica makes this point and i think it's a good one Um, if Jesus had wanted us just to become more moral individuals um, he could just said oh go, go copy go copy the Pharisees because they were very moral they fasted all the time they prayed they tied they did all the stuff you're supposed to do but it wasn't about morality because really morality you can find that any number of places um, You could follow Confucius you could follow Buddhists, they tend to be very moral people but, but, but that, that wasn't what God had in mind for us He wanted a union with us okay? That's what he created us for. That's what we he had in, in mind from the foundation of the earth, and so we have passages such as in John fourteen twenty, uh, Jesus is in the Father, and we are in Him, and He is in us, right? Or in, uh, in Galatians, uh, it is only I who live, but Christ in me. And like we mentioned earlier in, in St. Peter, we are partakers of Christ. Um, so. Grace, glory, the divine nature, we we, we are partakers of of this. Um, now reader I can kinda make a please point of clarification. You're
0: you're totally right and just for folks to understand, right, it's it's not about morality, but it's not also not about morality. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That doesn't mean you have union with Christ and you can be as immoral as whatever. Like uh it is more that uh, the life we of ourselves don't have eternal life within us, right? We are the creatures, so we need the Creator to give us life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, wisdom traditions, other religions, etc., as you said, like there can be a morality, right? They know it's common knowledge. If you lie, like you experience lies after a while, you realize what kind of chaos and craziness that introduces. But how do you get out of that mess? How, how does someone actually forgive you? How do you restore and resurrect and bring life once all that chaos has come in? Well, no other religion really has an answer to that outside of just kind of dissolution or we will kind of push it down to the next incarnation or something like that. Christianity is the only savior, right, the Messiah who takes it upon himself. And then heals all those things and brings life. So the relationship, coming to communion with God, the One who gives life, who is the Creator, it, that is the point. So and restoring us to the right life, that means that also means the fruit of the Spirit, the, the works of God, which is morality. The challenge is a lot of us grew up with a whole lot of morality and not a lot of God, even in churches.
1: <laughs> and and that, that is a that is a really good a, a really good point. Uh, it, it, I, I like what Father Stephen would, would often say that, 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 that God didn't come to make uh, bad men good He came to make dead men live right? he, he wanted to give us something that, that, we, that we couldn't have on our own Because if, if you try to lead a moral life And you try to lead a sin-free life on your own you're gonna fail. You're gonna fail because you're you're not made of the right stuff. And um, so so this is this is the idea. It's a literal experience. It's a it's a uh, it's a process of assimilation um, where where we, we we retain the image of God but we've lost uh, the likeness, the homoousis, as, as as we talked about last week. Um, and through this through this process, we're, we're deified and. Um, they're the personal experiences of people um, that, that Frederica talks about, like, we, we can see the personal experience of people that have experienced this deification, um, and they, they tend to line up, they tend to have a similarity um, among them. Uh, a wide range of stories, which for me as a, as a trial lawyer, I, I look for consistency among all of them, and, and, and you see certain things that, that, that characterize people that have that have, that have taken this step. Um, and. Um, and the saints, the, the, this is where the saints are, are very important and come in uh, to help us. Um, there are case histories, uh, as, as, our, as our book says, all sorts of people from all times, all economic circumstances, all backgrounds, um, uh, Longinus today, um, a, a Roman centurion who, who, who became Christian. and um, there are these stories here for us to read to learn about because they give us guidance. The the assimilation uh, again comes. I mean, we cannot know God in His essence, but we know Him through His energies, okay? Through through uh, the the attributes. We're made for this, and so Christ assumed our human nature so that um, He could destroy death and and set us to the point where Adam and Eve were in the beginning, and able to um to to, to take on this this nature of. our true nature who we were really supposed to be from the very beginning and so God is really in us literally it's like the Eucharist um, the Eucharist is is real you know the reality of receiving the body and blood of Christ um, God is is within us and in the real material world we don't understand this but we don't have to okay um, it's, it's one thing that I, that I like about orthodoxy we, we, we don't um, try to say we're going to take our good uh, uh, Aristotelian logic and reasoning and we'll, we'll say okay well uh, a, a straight stick can look crooked if you put it in a, in a stream and so therefore you can have substance and accidents uh, and, and things don't always seem as they, as they appear we don't do that we say yes it, it, it changes it changes because God told us it does Okay. Um, so uh, there are those who assimilate more fully with God and they're the saints. He's in them. Um, they have a union with God, and they do works for others. And sometimes these workers are revealed as miraculous. Okay. And there's a, a discussion of miracles in, in the in the book. One thing that I like about Orthodoxy is we don't we don't tend to try to explain them. We take them for what they are. Um, I, I was in uh, Chicago back. I think shortly before Mary and I were married and, and um, we, we made a special trip to get over to Cicero um, where, um, kind of a rough part of the town but we went over there because that's where the church is the old Antiochian church I think it's St. George's Church where um, there is, is the icon, the weeping icon of the Theotokos um, and I actually know the priest who, who was there he was a long time Baptist pastor just, be, just, or, just ordained Orthodox, uh, Orthodox priest and it was right after vespers, and he and he saw uh, a glow on the icon. and He turned, and he saw the streams of oil uh, coming down from her eyes. Um, and he told me about this personally, and uh, and I believe him. Uh, and then that same oil was was uh, was 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 later uh, used to anoint people. And and uh, Brother Simeon, the monk there, who was the caretaker taker of the icon at the time, he told me he had seen hundreds thousands of miracles people healed of cancer healed of all kinds of afflictions uh this this oil that when you would open the the bag you did send to you there would be a nice warm um, aroma of roses that would fill the room and um just a, an image of true holiness and and so my wife asked so was there any ever any analysis done of this to find out what this what this was or before and after and and, and brother simeon just said very quietly no no my child we're we're orthodox. We don't try to explain <laughs> miracles. <laughs> and, um, so, um, and...
0: Can I say something about... Please do. <laughs> so, I think a lot of us grew up, or at least I did, with in in a church where miracles didn't exist anymore. Did anyone else grow up cessationist? There's no miracles? Can I, get, can I see some hands? Yeah. So, the idea of miraculous... Uh, can seem a little miraculous or just Mm -hmm. kind of like uh, really? Um, And it shows I think how even you can be a Christian in church and how actually secularized you are and how the church itself can be secularized uh, in many down to the idea that God is somehow not active in the world right now as if he Almost like Deism. Do you all know what Deism is? Right. Like, uh, I like the image of like a top, where God like started spinning the top, and then he just kind of let the the world just kind of goes and does its thing, or it's like a clock that he set, like a really fine little machine, and that's it. He's the clockmaker. He's the one who starts things, and then he just backs away. But that is not the vision of the church. If God was to back away, like we live and breathe, we're here right now because God, right? upholds all of this there's no reality out like separate from him that just has its own existence outside of him he makes all of this happen so uh, the idea is the miraculous and you uh, encounter these stories uh, from the saints uh, or even from like contemporary life because like we are called <coughs> to be saints right <laughs> we are God's holy ones the ones set aside God is still active And he does that through many different ways, and some of them in the Orthodox Church and the history of the Church has been through particular icons, which it's not the icon per se as much as uh, who's depicted in the icon, right? So it's the mother of God who's making intercessions or showing her presence. Uh, Being at the monastery, uh, they are on the old calendar. If you want to know about old calendar, new calendar, I can talk to you after class. I don't want to waste time on that. But they just had the protecting Feast of the Protecting Veil vale of the Theotokos this fri- uh, Friday morning, which I was there for. And Father Paisios gave uh, the homily, which was basically how the Mother of God, uh, through different visitations, either through visiting miracle-working icons, uh, or they just had uh, this particular cursed root icon, which is uh, from Russia. But then because the Bolshevik Revolution had to uh, they fled with the icon, but it had uh, Saint Seraphim of had prayed before the Kursk icon. Well, they're having a whole bunch of troubles at Holy Cross Monastery with the building of the new church, uh, contractor issues, etc. Et you know how these things go. They had the Kursk icon visit, and at the same day, they were being given uh, another relic of Saint Seraphim of So you had like the Kursk icon and Saint Seraphim meeting again. Uh, and they did a Malabon, which is a supplication service. And then basically the next day, everything went back online and working towards the thing. So for them, if you're secularized, you'd just be like, ah, coincidence. For them, they're like, no, <laughs> the mother of God in St. Seraphim uh, interceded and is helping us. So there's a kind of, you could almost say, oh, that's kind of naive or like simplistic. Or you could look at it as like, you actually have the eyes of faith and see and can discern like, uh, we prayed <laughs> and now things are happening and i think a lot of what happens is um just a kind of blanket secularism that you don't even realize how secular how you don't even really believe in the presence of god so orthodoxy kind of always per- puts before you like no god is real <laughs> and god is working uh through his saints to because they're interested in you as well uh not just god but the entire church <coughs> sorry
1: no, not a, not a, I I I fully agree. Uh I hope so. Also <laughs> a, well, We're kind of on the same page I believe, but <laughs> I am <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm heading up to to uh the Holy Cross next month. Oh, yes, I and uh they they also have a very uh, a very strong devotion to St. Pantaleon, all right? Um, St. Pantaleon, you you'll hear about later on in the book that he was a uh, uh, he he was a physician, a healer, a young man um, in in the in the early days of the church, and I think in Rome. And um, he really made some of the other physicians in Rome mad because his cures really worked and theirs mm-hmm. didn't. And so he's always depicted with a box of like healing of uh, healing medicines and and a and, and a spoon. Um, and he was martyred. He was martyred. So he is um, <laughs> at, at Holy Cross Monastery. They they call him their. Their uh, their primary care physician. <laughs> That's <there>, what <when somebody's laughs> And and look, they're not kidding about this. Uh, Archimandrite Seraphim, uh, the the abbot of the monastery, has has had stage four cancer twice. They told he's dying twice, and he's still walking around. And he'll tell you, look, I'm here until God calls me home. But um, th- this is a this is a serious thing. And, and if you go there, they have. Uh, they have uh, vials of oil from the uh, from the lampada that burns in front of the icon of, of Saint uh, Saint Pantaleon. So uh, this 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 is the real thing. And 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 once you've been yeah. a Christian long enough, you realize that there really are no coincidences. They really you, you, they're, they're things that happen. And and I've had experiences myself that um, I, I was explaining to a skeptical friend of mine about the intercession of Saint John the Baptist. In one instance, about. Something that happened, and then it happened again, and then it happened again. He's like, "Well, that's a kind of coincidence." I said, "Well, it happened on Saint John the Baptist Feast Day every time." <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and he says, "Oh, well, okay, well, fine." But um, um, you know, I, I think that I think uh, when the Dobbs decision came down, putting an end to, uh, uh, to to abortion as a right in America, the day the day that that came down, um, likewise, it's not a not a coincidence. Okay, um, so miracles are there, and and the the goal here, though, in in, in our perspective, is to have the um, have the willingness to see them, the the, the childlike ability to to to, uh, to see them and to perceive those and to trust in miracles, um, and be open to them. Can I can please? I say so? Yeah. Pastoral word. It doesn't
0: mean that you overdo it in the other direction, too, where you believe everything and have no discernment whatsoever, right? The fathers are very specific, especially about visions or, like, appearances or certain things. Uh, That is something that you don't immediately go, oh, that's God. You go and you talk to your spiritual father because... The question is always: What is the fruit? What actually is born of this? Because we're told in Scripture, right? What? Who can appear as an angel of light? Satan, Satan right? Like there is the reality. Uh, there is uh, so in exhuming um, relics of a saint uh, that might be uh, uh, streaming myrrh. So we call Saint Demetrius, the myrrh streamer, where there's basically sweet smelling uh, fragrance and oil that comes from their bones. Okay. Uh, there's there's even one, that's maybe the myrrh gusher, right? Because there's so <laughs> much myrrh coming from these bones. Uh, you will have uh, there's a tradition to do exorcisms actually and do a particular prayer service, uh, and that there have been, I think, even in Dostoevsky, I think there's Brothers Karamazov, where they do this uh, because they expect that the elder that they exhum is going to smell nice and be a nice like uh, wonderworking elder, but uh, he's not. Uh, but the church, they, they say, oh, but that's fine. Like, our faith is not in a particular miracle in and of itself. It's God, and whether or not that happens, that's a, that's His providence, that His His decision. So, in saying all this, you don't become gullible, <laughs> right? You don't lose discernment. It does mean that you dull that overly rationalistic, materialistic side of yourself that has been very well in- inoculated into you. You want a different way of approaching things that has eyes of faith uh not just skepticism
1: or materialism sure and and uh actually i i actually saw this same this same admonition in in the writing of a of a well i, I guess a, a more a more recent saint a western saint saint Therese of Avila, talked about um uh, if if the nuns in your monastery say i just saw a, a, a vision well um Okay, but you've been fasting for two weeks and haven't slept in five <laughs> days. <laughs> um, go, go, speak to your mother confessor. Go speak with your, in our case, your spiritual father. And um, it, it, we, th- this, this isn't a situation where we do things on our own. Right. Uh, we, we all have to be accountable. Um, and and that's uh, and and again, uh, being uh, familiar with the lives of the saints. Just a, a parallel for you. Um, uh, I I went up yesterday. i had gone to the Orthodox camping trip every every year over at Hot Springs, and, and so uh, I wasn't to stay over, but I went up there yesterday just to uh, spend some time with the people there, see priests that I know, and to um and to and to go to vespers, and, uh, and and the Appalachian Trail goes through there, and I want you to imagine for a minute that I that I that I were to take you out there. I'm going to take you out there in a week, Hot Springs, and drop you off there, and uh, expect you to walk to Maine. <laughs> okay, you walk to Maine, and uh, uh, so you're going to set about making your pre- preparations. Okay, your your backpack, your tent, your um, your, uh, your your freeze-dried foods, all the stuff. But here's the question: Would you make that trip alone? Would you want to get on that trail all all by yourself? What if I told you that you could take a a, a team of people with you? Um, let's say you have ten people, all right? So, what questions are are you going to ask? Well. Uh, Maybe you take a, a skilled outdoorsman with you. You know, somebody who knows how to make fires and all kinds of uh, weather conditions. Maybe somebody that knows how to cook outdoors, or um, maybe somebody you know you can trust. Maybe somebody with a sense of humor. That <laughs> would be nice if you're gonna embark upon a 3,000 mile uh, trip. Um, so uh, what if you could take somebody who had already made that trip and made it successfully, all right? and um, now let's change your destination. Let's let's say that it's you you want to make a trip to heaven. All right, yeah. you don't know how long that trip is going to take. It it could come to an end next week, or it could four years from now. But you're going to go on this trip, and um, who do you take with you? And this is not a new idea, you know, I go to Baptist, uh, you know, Jordan, Jordan Stormy Banks, you know, he's saying uh, <laughs> to him, I'm bound for the promised land, I'm bound for the promised land, oh, who will come and go with me, like uh, like the Reverend Stennett wrote in, in, uh, in the 1700s. Um, and uh, it, there are a lot of good books that tell you how to walk the Appalachian Trail, plenty of guidebooks, but wouldn't you rather have a good guide alongside you? And wouldn't you like to have maybe ten guides along with you, or... How about a hundred or even a thousand, right? And you're going to spend months hiking this trail and they're not going to carry you, okay? But if your load gets too heavy, they'll help you with your load. If uh, your legs are wearing out, you can lean on them. They'll help you along. When the nights get really dark and there are no lights in the sky and the darkness seems to close in on you will be there with you, comforting you and telling you, don't be afraid. Or, uh, if you hike like I have before, you're crossing that, imagine- that unimaginably desolate region. Okay? Uh, it goes on and on and on. And it's hot. And your canteen's empty. And uh, you don't think you can go a single step. You think you're just going to lie down there and I'm done with hiking and I'm done with life too. <laughs> okay, but... They come over and they say, don't worry, just a little bit further. It's just over this next rise or there's a shady place with a nice cool spring. We know that because we've been there before. And uh, and that's what the saints are. They've, they've made this trip and they can, they can tell us about it and they can help us to get where we're going. And so we, we, we spend time with them. And you spend time with saints, both in this present life and you'll encounter them, but also those who have already passed on, and you make friends with them. You want to marinate yourself in in the faith. Um, How do you do that? Well, personal favorite, Saint uh, Nikolai of uh, Velimirovich, uh, his uh, Lives of Saints, he's very good. Um, Saint Dmitry of Rostov is a huge collection of Lives of Saints. It could take you many years to acquire those, but how many of you have a smartphone? Smartphone, (laughs) everybody. How many of you know about the OCA homepage? Okay, you go to that page, and it'll it'll give you the readings for that day. It'll also tell you who who the saints are for that day, and then down below it'll give you the lives of those saints. An icon, if there's a Tropar, a it'll provide those. But it gives a really good um, a really good reading of the lives of those saints, and read those. Read them, get to know these people um, We're saved together I remember going to confession with, uh, with Father Stephen Back shortly after I had joined this parish And I think I was confessing something about An argument I would had with my family And he, he told me He says, there's only one thing You can do alone The one thing you can do alone is go to hell <laughs> He says, if you want to go to heaven We go to heaven together and that means that I've got to care as much about your salvation as I care about my own. I've got to pray for you. We help each other along on this on this uh, on this long journey. Um, our, our goal is to become saints. and mean, anything else is a waste of time. We don't know how much time we have, and so we spend time with holy people. What we do with our own physical bodies matters, okay? Because our you know our bodies are being sanctified also, all right, and. Um, this this holiness, uh, I, I like the way the way that Frederica talks about this. How that it, it, how that you can discern it in some people, uh, it rubs off under the people. I I love the way that uh, C.S. Lewis describes this in the Screw Tape Letters about the um, the the family of his of, of the patient's girlfriend. You know the girlfriend that the patient that uh, they're trying to condemn. Her she's a very strong Christian, and her family. It, it, it just exudes, it's, it's there, it's present uh, I like the way that C.S. Lewis talks about how even the dog seems <laughs> to have the holiness about him Because it, it rubs off, it's there, it's there Okay. And so, you want to spend time with holy people, read the lives of the saints um, Because it's what God wants for us our, our, our goal here, our task, is to remove the obstacles in the way to remove what will keep us from getting there this is just some personal ideas on this first forgive okay forgive people even if you don't want to you forgive Uh, be thankful Um, I I mean God doesn't need anything from us all right God is God he has everything what does he want from us I think thanks our Thanksgiving is is extremely important I mean the the Eucharist what does Eucharist mean Eucharistia it means Thanksgiving so we're thankful to God. Um, be accountable, All right? Uh, your your catechism candidates now, but soon you'll be a part of the church. Be accountable. Um, you need to have a good spiritual father. Okay. You've got one right here. But when I when I say accountable, um, go go to confession. Don't let things fester. I mean, spend time. Um, in, in confession uh, and, and again I won't try to tell you how frequently to go but but I will say that the more frequently you go the easier it is <laughs> right and um, you know I well I, I'm, I'm going to get into that uh, how, how frequently that I, I like to go but because it's all personal but um, keep a journal keep a journal keep track of, of the things that God has done for you and what he's done for other people yes sir you cannot go Confession is a You cannot. You, you'll, you'll make a live confession before, but you can't receive the sacrament of the church, absolution until after. Uh, you know, j- just right before you're chrismated, you'll, you'll receive your first absolution. All right? After right. chrismation, you'll be yes. absolved. Okay. That doesn't mean that you can't
0: schedule a time to come and talk to me, and that we can pray about something and start that process of spiritual direction in that context. Yes. It so it I, I would I would encourage you <laughs> to go ahead because there's no reason to to put off uh, things that you need to start addressing now because part of the catechumen is addressing stuff now uh, it's not waiting till you are in to then be like oh yeah I guess I should start <laughs> struggling with these things right mm-hmm. like now now is the time
1: yeah. it it's a con- confession is is really uh, I I think it's one of the one of the greatest gifts that we've that we've ever been given. Uh, I've known people that have struggled with sins for I, just decades. Uh, I had a roommate in college that left the church at age 11. Okay, he had nothing more to do with God. And uh, and when he found out that he had terminal cancer, I went up to see him, spent time with him, uh, talked with him, talked with his wife about just just you know, how can we know there's God? How can we know that God loves us? How can we know that 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 Jesus really died for our sins? And um, he called me up uh, several weeks later. He had gone to confession for the first time in forty-one years. Okay, and I, I went to his funeral some months later, and um, he 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 died, but he but yet he didn't. Okay, and so confession is is uh, is is so important, and that and that one sin that. You don't really want to confess. That's probably the one that that, that really needs to get confessed. You know, we, we all have one of those or several. <laughs> um, but but keep a journal. Keep a journal of what of what God is, is has done for you and what He's done for the people. Don't keep a journal on how you're doing because that that feeds into pride. You don't want to be looking. Oh wow, I'm getting really holy now. <laughs> uh, it's like fasting. You know, it, you know if you if you keep the fast. And you don't break it at all, and you get really proud of yourself for not having broken the fast. Well, you just shot yourself in the foot, right? You know but who else fasts? The devil. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't pray either. Okay, so, uh, so, so, um, but but the reason I say to keep a journal, and I, I go back to C.S. Lewis again on this. He talked about the law of undulation, and you have highs and you have lows, and and and. Um, I like to keep notes on things so that when I'm in a low, I can remember the high. And when when something happens and it really is miraculous, I write it down so that years later I don't kind of forget it or don't minimize it. No, I can go back and read it. Yeah, it really happened just like this. Okay, so I think a journal is a good thing. Um, The uh, the saints. Grew closer and closer with God to the point that they're walking with God. They're living and breathing with God. It's like where God is, they are, and 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 they um, um, that that that's the well. It's, it's it's indescribable, but the saints talk about it. Um, and remember that that God is on your side. God wants this for you. He wants. He wants you to live in, in holiness he, he designed that for you He designed it for Adam and Eve And he became a, a man And died so that we could Be this um, it, you know, I, I like the example of uh, like a, you know An airliner You're getting ready to uh, Go on a trip and it's windy out And the airliner's bumping along over the tarmac Every bump thumps harder and harder And then you're in the takeoff roll And it's really rattling and everything else and then he gets in the air, and it's smooth as silk. It's because that, that jet wasn't made to go down the highway; it was made <laughs> to fly in the air. Okay, and we're made to be saints. Okay, that, that's what God uh, designed us for. Okay, all right. Homework. I'm gonna, I can't give you homework uh, because I'm not a priest, but <laughs> Father Daniel can. <laughs> I'm just going to make a suggestion on this. Okay? <laughs> um, again, your smart your smartphone. You all have one, right? Um, so bookmark the OCA website and when you get up in the morning and you open that thing up and you're going to go to news or go to surf the web or check Facebook, whatever before you do that go over to the OCA website do the readings for that day and look at the saints look at the lives of the saints read those read them and, and uh, get, get to know the saints they're on your side they pray for us they help us alright alright and that's all I have, thank you. I'm gonna give you a little bit more homework then.
0: Yes, good practice. I also highly suggest, and we have uh, here library wise, but also on your own, to read a life of a saint that's a little bit more contemporary with us. Uh, It's one thing to read the life of a fourth century saint, like you can, John Chrysostom, Basil the Great, uh, et cetera, uh, but to be able to read uh, pious, even if the somebody has not been uh, canonized yet. So, let's see here. I'm going to go behind you. Okay. Oh, let's see. Here. Some of this is just getting. I'm just going to grab some examples. show you that we have access to so there are saints like the Optina elders who were uh, 19th century Russian saints uh, at the Trapeza that is the meal uh, that's a monastery they say Trapeza where you go and eat Uh, you don't just sit around and kind of cut up and talk Uh, they read from the lives of the saints or sermons uh, while you eat uh, and so we are reading from the life of St. Elder um, Ambrose of Optina, uh, who was somebody who, at very early in life, became really sick and was basically uh, incapacitated for years. Uh, but through that, wrote a whole lot, uh, was able to find God, even though he couldn't do some of the basic things that you'd want to do when you're in a monastery, like go to all the services, etc. Uh, but these put uh, names flesh to what orthodox piety and like the actual lived thing is yes okay there's the prayers there's the fact right the, these practices but to be able to see wisdom and the actual fruit of the spirit in people's lives is incredibly helpful uh, somebody sort of like saint pious who would repose in this past century i i would highly recommend uh, a book uh, called Wounded by Love uh, about St. Porphyrio. St. Piusus and St. Porphyrios were contemporaries. They, w- they knew each other, they wrote to each other some. Uh, you will encounter things that will help you understand church life, uh, the ways that people did church, right, that might be like, oh, that's what that looks like in family life, or oh, that's what, if I'm suffering from this thing, that's what I should do. So for example, St. said he would memorize uh, certain hymns that he really liked. And he would go through his day singing those hymns. Uh, Now, in reading these things, especially because a lot of uh, contemporary stuff can be um, monastics, uh, you need to talk to me about some of these things, right? Because you're not monks (laughs) or nuns, right? You guys are in the world. It it helps to know what examples of piety are like. but there's also because I've seen it. That's why I'm talking about it. I've seen it just to throw people into despair because they're like, I can't do those things. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's okay. You you can do little bits, right? Like you can little bit by little bit. This would be uh, an example of a book uh, who died uh, during the Holocaust for helping uh, Jews by forging uh, baptismal certificates for them. Uh, this is Saint Dimitri, uh, who um, was just a parish priest. Uh, interesting story, uh, but you can see uh, the courage that would take, uh, you're like, he forged baptismal attributes, yeah, to save people, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just some examples, uh, or you have something that's uh, new confessors of Russia, this is going to be intense, because new confessors, meaning uh, from the Bolshevik Revolution, all of the chaos and um, well, martyrdoms that basically occurred. Uh, it was as bad in Russia in the early 20th century. If you made the sign of the cross, they would just shoot you on the spot. Uh, so, getting to know the lives of the saints, especially those who are a little bit closer to us. If you have, if you want me to suggest something, shoot me an email or ask at some point. Uh, it was reading the life of Saint Silo on the Athenite. For me, uh, this was written by. Who has now since been canonized, St. Sophroni, uh, this was the book that finally sealed the deal for me. Like, so there's like all this intellectual stuff, you know, reading of stuff, and there was actually seeing the life of this peasant from Russia, <laughs> uh, the holiness and his teachings, uh, and especially it helps that St. Sophroni wrote it as well, to get orthodoxy as in flesh and bones and praxis and not just ideas, right? Uh to specifically, I think one of the strongest things that I'm gaining from St. Silouan is that connection that all of us are connected to each other uh, and the power and the need for, for forgiveness uh, and to be praying for others and to forgive. Uh, and also uh, dry spells, right? Like where your spiritual life is just kind of, St. Silouan, years of this. Uh, where our Lord appeared to him and said, uh, Let your mind descend into hell, but uh, do not despair. (coughs) Keep your mind in hell, but don't despair. Like, don't lose hope. Because, let's be honest, the grind of life can be kind of hellish sometimes. Uh, Sometimes it's great. Other times, it's just hard. So God is with us, uh, and knowing that his saints, who have gone through, as Rita Gregory is telling us, right, very similar things. They've been in that patch of desolation on the trail to Maine. Like... They're going to be able to comfort us. Uh, We need them. And they're interested in you, too. (laughs) So any questions from anything that reader Gregory spoke on, or anything from the readings, or about saints? Or even further afield, since we have a little bit of time. Presumably there's lots of saints. (laughs) Yes, presumably. Yes, there's lots of saints. (laughs) none of the people you mentioned happen to be from even more recent or like American. So American, there's uh, as in like the 20th century yeah. 21st. so the church doesn't canonize people like that. There's typically they're kind of like that, the what I was talking about in regards to miracles, etc. They go through a process to, of discernment uh, and if there sometimes even like investigation to make sure so that if they're going to canonize somebody, they know that there's not like, I don't know, a child somewhere right, or something like, or that they're actually an alcoholic and nobody knew it, like just things like that. So there's some discernment about, so uh, right now in the OCA, there's at least, uh, there's Matushka Olga, who was a priest wife in Alaska because uh, the native uh, Alaskans, the Yupik, there's two other tribes that became Orthodox back when the russians had alaska because saint herman this goes back um uh, there's a lot of people in the oca that pray to her she has not been officially canonized by the synod uh that doesn't mean that there's not services that have been written this is the bottom up way in which the church uh recognizes sanctity and vener- and veneration but then the synod the the synod means the bishops uh would have to say okay if we're going to canonize we're going to look into this a little bit deeper and make sure that we're not going to canonize, canonize somebody and be scandalous and not good, right? Well, there, if, I, if I may add... Let me add one more sure. thing. Metropolitan Leonti, who is one of the first uh, metropolitans of the OCA, is also somebody that's up uh, to be canonized. There are people that... Services that have been written and prayers uh, for him and stories that have gone around <clears throat> and healings. We're not like the Roman Catholic Church where there's like an investigation and like it's a little bit more how do I say this, bureaucratic and juridical. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean, though, that we don't have form mm-hmm. <laughs> and that we don't, like, attend to and make sure that it, it wouldn't be weird for somebody to be canonized. There was an instance of this. There were some uh, shadows around somebody, uh, St. Arseny of Winnipeg up in Canada, because there's actually a lot of Orthodox in Canada, uh, that there are some questions about some things, and that just kind of slowed down the, the canonization. I don't remember what those questions were. But it was a thing, so yeah. There is examples that go to the twentieth and twenty. There's not really, some of the twenty first centuries. saints that have been canonized. They died like twenty thirty years ago. Saint Maria of Paris, mm-hmm. right? Saint, Saint Saint Maria of Paris would be World War Two. There's a lot of twentieth century saints. Uh, America, a lot of, well. If you look at the history of the church, the church has gone through many periods, hundreds of years, where there's not saints canonized because mm, there's just it's just not what God desired at the time. But then 300 years later, the church might say, "Yeah, actually, we do recognize Saint uh, Andre Rublev, the uh, the iconographer. I believe he was canonized 300 years afterwards." Okay. So there's if we had another wave. Of uh, revolution and mm-hmm. martyrdom, and we'd have a whole lot of martyrdom. Like, mm-hmm. the, actually, the 20th century, there's more saints made in the 20th century for to be a martyrdom than there was in like the first four centuries of the church. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I hope that. Yeah. So, Father, if I, yeah, could, yeah. If I could add, um, if, if you're looking for somebody that is more contemporary, like from this past century, St. Nikolai is a really good person to read. Because he uh, he was a languages master, all right. He even taught in the United States. So he died and was buried at Saint Tecon's monastery. Yeah, he was exhumed into back to Serbia. Yeah, we we say Saint Nikolai who who labored in America. You hear hear his name and 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 dismissals. Well, yeah, dis, dis, dismissals. I, I was going to say in like the the uh, the, camp, the the vigil services, mm-hmm. but for every day of the year. You'll have his writing of the lives of saints, but then also a reflection and and a little homily. Um, This is a way to have breakfast every morning with a modern-day saint. So I just mentioned that.
0: Any other questions? Okay. Let's pray and dismiss. Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen the salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to the the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe next week uh, I'll be teaching. Uh, so make sure to read uh, the chapter for next week because uh, we're going to be, it's going to be probably a little bit more theological than uh, the past few sessions have been. Just so be a heads up.